Gucci black t-shirt on. Let's do it. Five, four, three, two, one. Oh, oh. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the kickoff of the Architecture Social Show. We have returned. So let's just imagine. We've returned. And we have an amazing start to the season here. We have the fantastic Neil Pender, and he's going to talk about what glam is and how it's going to go global. But before that, Neil, and before you introduce yourself, we have got the fantastic video which you have sent to us. So, Will, should we play the video? Absolutely. I'm excited to see what it is. Okay. Well, everyone, let's enjoy this video, and then we'll all have a chat. Let's get it going. There's a risk that diversity becomes a box-ticking exercise. It's about inclusiveness for its own sake. We're seeing this terrifying collapse at the moment in creative education, particularly in state secondary schooling. We've seen, for example, a 57% drop in the number of 16-year-olds taking design and technology GCSE. Society will be diminished if we're only recruiting people from the top tier, from the elite of our education system, into the creative industry. Oh, 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 amazing. Oh, oh, I'm taking the limelight here. Brilliant. <laughs> I'm feeling inspired. Woo. What an introduction. Yeah. I know. We can't really top that. Super, super high energy. Neil, I loved that. That was amazing. So you are the brains behind this fantastic Glam Goes Global, but this is for everyone. That's what I loved in the video, seeing everyone getting involved. So tell us, Neil, a little bit about yourself, but more importantly, what inspired you to get this uh, get glam goes global going uh, basically um i started off um uh, working with young people in schools teaching and then i got infused into architecture i went to art school to begin with so i wanted to be a sculptor to begin with and then it just progressed i was working in youth centers and then i got working in school i've been a dj and that's why i said at the end of that uh, Daniel Luskin uh, quote, be a DJ, because when you become a DJ, you can talk to anyone, anytime, any place. It doesn't matter. You can break down so many barriers and the barriers are broken down by the, by the music, the connective music that you play. So I love architecture. I've always loved architecture, but when I was younger, nobody ever told me about architecture. I had an inspirational art teacher who basically said, you know, why don't you go to art school? And so that opened a, a whole new avenue to me, my friends, and, and people like me when I went to art school. Because uh, as I say to people, I was in my year, I was the only black guy in art school. And so from then on, uh, I just started being even more creative, DJing, running clubs, 
etc. And then it fast forward, I got introduced to London Open House or London Open City. And that was the beginning where I was working with young people, architects and helping them to be inspired them to get into architecture from non-traditional and traditional backgrounds so that is how that 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 sort of situation grew and from there it just uh so sort of snowballed until i had one two three people who i was teaching who went into architecture became architects some became, some are still now, even today, some are still doing their part ones, part twos, some are fully fledged architects. So that's how the family of Homegrown Plus uh, originated. I love it. Amazing. Can you imagine that, Will? So if me and you were, because you basically teach architecture as well in college. And it's, you're true. I never saw that when I was in college. It wasn't something that was even on the curriculum. And I think that's amazing because... I remember at the time, and you'll laugh, I had a career advisor, and uh, Neil, this was old school one. And I went there, and I studied at the time geography, and I had um, design technology, and I had graphic design, and uh, something else, IT, computers. And so I went to the, the career advisors at that time, and it was a nice guy, but he was like, yeah, you need English, and you need maths to become architecture. Don't think you can do it. And I was like, I'm going to show you. And then in the end, I was like, I did it. And, uh, but mm. you know, we can all do it. Everyone, architecture is open to everyone. Anyone in any background can study architecture and it is amazing, isn't it? The skills that you learn and the stuff that you can do is amazing. So I think it's super good that you're inspiring people at this level. Mm -hmm. So partly out of respect to that, I want to test out my sound, new soundboard as well. So I've got like a virtual audience noise here. So, hey, look how excited. It's like the Beatles. Calm down, calm down. It's a bit too excited, that isn't it? But it's definitely a good thing. So we'll get, we'll get, we'll get a few more sounds going. But well, when you were when you were in college, were you offered anything architecture? Not at all. No, I was thinking because before this, uh, before we came on live, I was having a think, and I was going throughout my entire education and not once did um you know did i see ever a possibility of architecture for example i mean um, i'll be honest i wasn't particularly arty anyway so it probably wouldn't come out to me but for example my brother who is a lot more arty a lot more design focused again nothing weren't encouraged to go into any particular direction with regards to architecture it was something that just was never talked about and um consequently i don't think I don't know anyone from, you know, my background that are architects at the moment, you know, and I think it's all about, it's all about the environment that you surround yourself in. It's about who your teachers are, who, you know, where do they push you in? And I think, you know, some, you know, some education colleges, schools, they just lack um, someone, a representative of that industry there. Yeah. Well, that's, what's, that's I mean, why you're here then, Neil, isn't it? Tell us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you see, the thing is, it's even more crucial, uh, as Tristan Hunt said, um, that we inspire young people who live in inner cities to design and be creative of how they want their inner cities. And as opposed to being imposed upon people who, who, don't, who have never had the diverse backgrounds of what we've grown up with in the inner cities and who, have, who are not as culturally uh, aware of what our, our each individual cultures bring to the table. So subsequently, we uh, as 
inner city people. We're a melting pot of everybody, any everything from around the world. And yeah. some, and we could bring all of that fantastic heritage uh, to the table when they start creating and designing. That's why over the last year, I think it's it's been a the, the pandemic has been has opened up so many doors for so many people through the digitalization of, of, of the media and the digitalization of communication. Like without uh, lockdown, I would most probably have never spoken to you, you two guys. Definitely yeah. not, you know. I mean, so this is what it's brought. And we've got to realize, we've got to celebrate. And this is what I'm about, celebrating our diverse uh, our culture, rich culture. Yeah. And if you can get some, some guys who are living in a uh, some sort of social housing or or, or come from uh, another country to be involved and bring their richness to the table, then I think that can only enhance society. And I think people shouldn't be scared of, of full integration into full diversity. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things, unfortunately, certain, well, government of today uh, is trying to do. Because if you look at the curriculum that we've got now, the curriculum is so strict and restrained in the in, in the state system. We've got something called Progress Eight. Progress Eight now is focusing on the eight key subjects, which they deem is the only subjects. And so they're the uh, double English, math, triple science, uh, EBAC. Some schools are doing, which is um, a humanities, geography, geography, history, um, and a language. So what they've done is they've taken all of the creative subjects and made them either extra curricular or you have to pay for them. So I know in some in quite a lot of schools, technology is not even on on the curriculum in terms of food technology, textiles. And you see all the cooking programs that we've got Mm -hmm. on TV and you haven't got food technology in school, you know, which is a major sort of source of how we uh, keep yeah. our nation healthy, that's taken off the curriculum. Uh, textiles is taken off of the curriculum because they're really expensive. Uh, product design is taken off of the curriculum because it's too expensive. So what you're doing and what this government is is socially engineering is a system where their private sector can come in and take control like what they've done and always done. Let's not forget, pre-pandemic, uh, uh, our creativity in London alone was worth between 52 and 56 billion pounds a year. Mm. Now, if you look at that, that's, that is money. That is a mm. real clout, real wealth. And if you restrict it just to the select few, as you mm. saw in my uh, small video, it's disproportionately yeah. top heavy with the selective schools, the selected universities, et cetera, et cetera. What about yeah. the rest of us? Yeah. You know, people like, you know, yourself. Yeah. Well, my background, Neil, is I, I, you know, my parents were supportive as much as they could, but we come from like, mm-hmm. humble beginnings as well. But I'm going to, there's a point you mentioned in there, and I agree. So you, so my my old uh, career advisor would have loved, as he said, the you have to do English and maths. But like you, I, I would have loved the full choice of, of these courses. And so, and you mm-hmm. laugh well, because mm-hmm. you will work with me, and he knows where I was like, 
I haven't got a very good language brain. I'm good at arts. I'm good at certain things I can talk, but I was not good at studying other languages. And so I got kind of forced in the classroom at the time, Neil, to do this. Will, your chair's really creaky. Stay still for Sorry. one second, Will. Don't worry. Will. <laughs> but, but so I was the... I was the um, I was the guy in Welsh class, and and I couldn't do it, and my concentration was going, and so I always used to be naughty in the end. And the teacher would go, mm -hmm. "Stephen's table," because I was so loud. I was so loud, so I used to get in trouble and a borderline. Not try to disrupt the class, just to let people learn. But that was frustrating. And then my outlet was that it was amazing when I then went on to college from comprehensive school because I could do IT and I loved computers. And then I loved graphic design. And like to me, graphic design was so cool because I could learn Adobe Photoshop and Illustrator. And I was so inspired at the time by Sin City because that's what, because I'm showing my, my age now, well, Sin City, the movie was out back then. And it was so liberating. So I think it's amazing, all this stuff. And so we launched the video at the start one of the reasons that we're here that's a little bit of the background and some of these agendas mm -hmm. are so important right now neil but how about mm -hmm. we talk a little bit about glam goes global so i've got the trailer here for 36 mm -hmm. seconds from last year maybe we play mm -hmm. this to show the audience i gotta try and get it up first and then we'll get that going and then you can tell us um a little bit about what you're doing this year with glam goes global but also we are live so if anyone has any questions for neil after this video or the first video you can bring it up any naughty questions i will not put them on the stage but any any other questions they can totally be on here but let me add this video now and then we'll jump into it so you tell me if you can both hear the sounds gentlemen can you hear that no 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 ah i don't know i'll have to make up a, I'll have to make up a better sound there that was go. the that was the let me get a bit of sound going sorry neil i'm butchering the video with my own sound it's amazing look at all this well amazing check it out on youtube and listen to the proper song that was on there not my not my butchered song but so let me just pause this here as well and bring it down so amazing so neil tell us all you've got we've got a flavor of your background there let me let me hide this here here we go oh, i'm the center of the stage what's going on there so neil something inspired you to do. so we got the inspiration there as well so what is actually glam goes global so Glam Road Global came about because one of my fantastic students, she was in year 11 and she came to me because she, uh, her teacher said uh, she was doing textiles and I teach product design, but it's the same course, the same AQA course. And unfortunately, she wasn't, um, she wasn't uh, achieving her full potential in the class that she was in. So she came to me and sat with me in my lesson during the same period time. And basically she was like a sponge. Everything I told her she did and she did more. And she was absolutely amazing. But what actually was the tipping point for Glam Rose Global is because the kids know I love Gucci. They know I love Louis Vuitton. Uh -huh. And so she basically 
uh, wanted to go on to, to uni to study interior design. And so she said, sir, let me just take my portfolio to a couple of uh, uh, colleges and see how I get on, just to see what I need to do. And mm. So she's pre, pre-planning, really well organised, pre-planning of when she leaves in year 13 to go on to see what she needs to get to, to go into these universities. Mm-hmm. And a, one person in a university crushed her. And this is where um, I implore uh, lecturers and people, when you see people coming, don't just say to them, you will never be good enough to go to her place. And that's what mm. happened. Somebody said that to her. She came back to me and she came back with her portfolio. And I always get emotional when I say it because it's so sad. And yeah. she said, um, I don't think I want to do it. There's no point. And I yeah. said, there is a point. And, um, and then I was just lying in bed one night and I thought Gucci, Louis Vuitton. And I came up with the idea, Gucci, uh, architecture, Louis Vuitton, and me. Me is important because when they see the word me, they know it's inclusive of them and they're Mm. reading it as as themselves. And anyway, I took it to the couple of architects and this one architect called Ramsey Yasser and who owns a a practice called Norma. He basically said, Neil, and he turned it into the acting glam. He said, why don't you call it Gucci Louis Vuitton architecture and me? And that's how that was born. So what it is, it, it's it's an intersection and it's uh, teaching uh, young people that architecture and fashion, they both work hand in hand and they both use uh, similar scaffolding to actually enable you to come out with final products. And they're not too disconnected. There isn't fashion right over here and, 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 and um, architecture right over here. And the reason why I chose um, Gucci and Louis Vuitton is because you and I know our young people, they love iconic brands. And the iconic brands sell them the story that, yes, you wear Gucci, you wear Louis Vuitton, and you're this, 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 this. But the iconic brands are not necessarily interested in, in the non-traditional students that who come along and save up all their money just to buy a belt or this, 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 this. And so subsequently, I'm saying to Gucci, Louis Vuitton, and I'm saying it now, and I'm looking in your faces, join us on Glam, support Glam. Glam goes global. We're connected to South America. We're connected to the Caribbean. We're connected to Europe. We've got architectural practices and our universities up and down the country involved in the fashion side, involved in the architecture side. If they've got any idea of what they can do and inspire uh, people of non-traditional and traditional backgrounds, tell them to come and join us if they have it in them. But, you know, I've been reaching out to Gucci. I've been reaching out to Louis Vuitton. And I feel that if they acknowledge me, then they think they're giving me some sort of oxygen and they might have to do a big payout. Big payout would be good, but, (laughs) you know... (laughs) <laughs> yeah. But they need they need to recognise that young people are the future and don't use them. You know, we see all the, the diversity you have in your adverts, but it's not in your showroom. We see all the diversity you have, you know, advertising your the trainers, the coats, the jackets, the jumpers, the belts, you know. Yeah. Not not ju- not just Gucci, not just Louis Vuitton, but all the name brands. 
but you need to change. You need to embrace us because we're the ones who are making your money. And without us and without the young people, you won't have the power. You won't have the money. So they need to realize sooner than later that at some point there might be a tipping point where somebody stands up and says, you know what, let's not wear their brands and see what they say for a day. Mm, yeah. um, I love it. Do you know what I was trying to do, Neil, in the background here? So you will so my first year in architecture, I went to the University of Westminster. And for the first semester, the, the brief, yeah, the brief was to get wearable architecture. Okay. So there's a picture somewhere. I came up with a bright idea of attaching myself to the surroundings. So I developed a belt, okay, and the belt had loads of fish hooks and I attached it somewhere. And so I've got a picture oh, here. I, I've, so I'm going to find it and I'll post it on the architecture social after. But you've got me wearing this fish belt. So I as well have I've I maybe I was there, but you know what? I've been I agree with your idea before. Great minds think alike. So wearable architecture done it two thousand and six, but I haven't got the face for it anymore. So <laughs> I d I don't think I can model it anymore. I've got plenty of Ted Baker which don't fit me. It's like my goal. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. that's amazing. Well, I'm sure you have a few questions here as well. Is there anything that, because um, I know as well you were burning to meet Neil here before, but do you have any questions about Glam Goes Global or Neil? They like uh, I was kind of curious to, um, to well, know about how Glam got its name, but you already talked about that, so I don't want to get you repeating yourself again. But I'm also curious to know, sorry, my squeaky chair and my it's okay. moving camera. Um, why is it it's kind of a double question why is it so important to you and also just in general for the diversity of people going into architecture so stepping away from glam going back to what we talked about earlier mm -hmm. why is it so important to you and just in general to have more inclusivity from everyone uh, to get into architecture mm. Well, the reason why is because um, we don't live in a monotone world we don't live in just uh, uh, a certain sector um, having just one say over what we do all the time. I mean, it may appear so, but um, we need to make sure that we spread out. And as I was saying, there is a rich culture. You know, we've got, you know, you've got Aztec art, you've got, you know, art, uh, Aboriginal art, you've got art that Europeans have taken over the years and put in, in, in into their culture and but they own they called it their 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 own architecture their own design so we need to know that we are who are just as talented as everybody else that we can design the houses that we live in uh, and we can have a say of how our community uh, it develops in terms of the infrastructure of our community and rather than having it imposed by somebody who doesn't understand what diversity is because unless unless you live in a diverse community you don't really know you can come along like what a few well what the companies usually do come along do a quick survey and say yes 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 we've got you know an idea of how people live for example in social housing i grew up on a council estate and and, and, and I was having this very same discussion with one of my friends just the other day. And, and where I lived in my council house, they put the bins right outside of the door that you walk into, the, into your flat. Now, if you look at 
uh, the more gated community houses, the bins are never seen at the outside of the flat as you walk by with a pile of rubbish. But why do you subject that to me? Why do you subject that to people? Why do you subject it to people like us? We we don't want the bins. We don't want the smell of the rubbish as we walk in up the stairs. We don't want the shoot to be seen as yeah. you you know walk in the in into the block of flats. Yeah. So if if you ever lived in block of flats or if you ever come from sorts of social housing, you would know that there's some primary um uh, requirements that we know because we have lived there that you don't know be just filling out a survey because you don't really talk to the people and this is why i want people like us all to be engaged in how we build and shape our community for the next millenniums to come and i think mm -hmm. it'd be much richer uh, 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 if we uh, look upon it on uh, in total inclusivity of, of of building a new environment and a new way forward Mm, I agree, Nia. I think there's like nothing but positivity that comes out of um, being inclusive and diverse. And actually, the strongest architectural practices that I've seen and we've actually seen well, because we've been fortunate to uh, to work in recruitment, especially when I did work in recruitment with really good companies. And actually, those that are inclusive of international architects and and as well as that, mm -hmm. as you say, different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different sexualities, then it all kind of works mm -hmm. out for the better and kind of mm -hmm. it actually informs the design, in my opinion. And it, yeah, and I, yeah. And, and I think it also helps um, challenge sometimes because some architectural practices maybe have a particular style, but actually mm -hmm. the more inclusive and the more diverse the practice, I think the, the more versatile the design is and they actually do really well. So, you know, and as well as that, there's massive benefits to being inclusive and diverse. Everyone wants to work in a place where they feel included. And and what was the shame mm -hmm. in that scenario that you used before is because I think we're slowly moving away, Neil, from in architecture. We're getting there, still a lot of work to do, but we're mm -hmm. moving away from that example that you used at the start with, you know, that that lady, bless her, that's the... the the young, the inspired student who went to the university and they kind of went, what is this? What is this? Well, you can't do that anymore almost now because we're in this online age where like that, that age old architecture way of you must struggle like I did and you need to be the best. That's kind of like old news. It's like now it's almost like, oh, yeah, good for you, but I'm not doing that. And I, what's really interesting, you've got stuff like now, like the future architects front who are representing students' rights. And, and when we've got stuff like Glam Goes Global, it's a celebration of all this stuff. And actually, I'm amazed because if you're a smart employer and then you're involved in this stuff, you can find like really raw talent there that could be part of your practice. So why, you know, why wouldn't you go to these events and pick up like the rising stars of the future? I'm sure you've seen on the other end of it, Neil, that people have been inspired from this and then have gone on to the start of really good careers. Do you have any mini success stories of anyone that's been involved in this stuff doing well? Yeah, we've got some, we've got loads. We've got Joseph Henry, who basically is absolutely amazing. He's basically, he works for the GLA, but he also runs an initiative called uh, uh, Sand Advice. I've got Mark Warren. Oh, I love who, Sand who, Yeah, Sand Advice is absolutely amazing. That's it's Pooja and, and Joseph, or Joseph and Pooja. So I used to teach Joseph, and he went on to uh, become an architect. He actually, mm. we got him back to be, help 
work and the, and the practice that designed the oh, sixth cool. form block. So you see how the circular economy of education can work yeah. out because he knew the, the school, he knew every, uh, quite a lot about the, the, how the school layout was. So yeah. it was familiar to him. So it was a natural progression that he went on to help develop and build the new block. So yeah, so Joseph is behind this, he's amazing. Mark Warren, he cool. is absolutely fantastic. He used to work for Studer Igret, and now he works for Merton Council, and he is amazing. I've got um, uh, alumni all over the place. I've got a young lady called Rosie Murphy. She is um, uh, down in Wales doing her master, one of my, um, fantastic young ladies now she's just got her name is georgia green and she's working on glam goes global she's amazing i taught her at school and she went to the bartlett and from the bartlett now she is gone going next year to the royal college so we've got stories of this all over the place of people uh in the circle and they and what's the amazing part about it is they come back and help me so if you come to glam goes global you will see in some of the breakout rooms, some of the students I used to teach who have become architects, some of the ones who are doing part one, some of the ones who are in between part one and part two, et cetera, et cetera. They, they're the ones who give life to the whole meaning of full diversity. And, and they're the ones who give me the energy to keep on moving on. So yes, we have success stories. Every one of them is a success story from where they come from, from where they're going and where they'll end up. They're, they're, they're all success stories. And, and I say to young people, we, we don't fail. We may change direction, but we don't fail. Mm. And failure is not, is not in our vocabulary. You only learn from things that you may do wrong that need improving. So there's no fail and success is measurable by your own goals, not by other people necessarily putting a monetary value on what mm. success is. Success is if you is if you win or get three other people to become architects. I see that as a success. Amazing. So it depends what you, your criteria is. And um, in terms of the, the big architectural companies and the universities, they're beginning to shift. And, and in general, in life, people are beginning to shift. And what they're realizing is, the, and, and I talk about it quite a lot, the power, the control, and the money. So this is what they're all scared of. Uh, you know, for three, 200 years, the architectural uh, our sort of bodies have been the same, led by the same people, and they, they're the ones who've had the power. They've shared the control with their friends, and subsequently they've shared the money, which is ultimately their own 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 aim, their only aim uh, uh, over the years. So what's happening now is, I'm telling you straight, you don't, you can give up power. You could give up control and spread the money. There's enough money for everybody. <laughs> no, not just you and little friends, but it's for everybody to share. And, and, and I would implore them and I would say to them, don't be scared to relinquish the power, relinquish the control. Because at the end of the day, if it gets taken away from you, you lose, lose it all. Yeah, yeah, very true. I love it. I think there's a lot of gems in that. I've just noticed as well, Neil, you're out in the garden there, aren't you? I'm jealous. I'm, I put my blinds down because otherwise I look like I look like the second coming of Christ here because of the light going. 
<laughs> I wish I was in the garden. I, was I don't even have any light over here. It's like cloudy. I've no. got my own light in the room. <laughs> Will, bless him, is in his little cave. But look, that was illuminating and inspiring, right? So people need to get involved. And this is happening now. And this is the point. And, and our conversation, so we, we met on Clubhouse and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. That's cool. But what's exciting is hopefully as well, I know we've got the Delta wave coming up and all this stuff, but should all go well, the plans mm -hmm. are to do something exciting this year with Glam Goes Global. So in terms of events or what you're organizing right now, Neil, do you want to give mm -hmm. people an insight on what we have ahead of us as well in terms of maybe events or ways that people can get involved in Glam Goes Global? Glam, go, glam goes global in a physical way. Um, and to, uh, for now, what we're focusing on, we're focusing on the 17th and 18th of July, where we're where we're connected to, as I said, literally global, all the countries that I initially uh, uh, named, and mm -hmm. it's a live Zoom workshop, and literally we got young people from the Gambia, and so my mm -hmm. school was really good. We got 20, I've got, we got our department to refurbish 20 notebooks and we've sent them over to the Gambia so that they can uh, uh, be interactive in the workshop. And we've hooked up with another charity in the, in, in uh, Tampa in Florida who uh, are doing really good things called STEM, STEM Expo. And so everything at the moment is geared towards uh, the 17th and 18th, Saturday and Sunday, uh, Glam Goes Global, free workshop. We've got tutors, we've got breakout rooms, Ooh. we've got yeah, absolutely fantastic tutors. And it's from 11 till 4 on the Saturday and 12 till uh, 4 on the Sunday. But after that, I'm launching another initiative, which we've been, we've got in the pipeline. It's called uh, Small to Big to Small. And uh, and uh, I'm working with a couple of really good architects and, and emptying in my mind of all of the ideas that I've had over the years. And it's a fantastic architect who's leading it called Dennis Austin. And he's he's got a studio called Darb Design. He's amazing. And, and, and he listens to, and we sit down and he writes and he's literally, we're launching that uh, sometime maybe in the back end of July. But we're hoping to, when we do uh, Glam Goes Global, oh, and I forgot, we're working with the um, fantastic Penn people. We're doing a live event, literally, on the Saturday and Sunday, run from the old Kent Road, where we're sending architects Ooh. to, and where we've got young people who will be there, and, and and that will be really good. So Nicholas, who runs Penn people, he is so good. He, you think I'm infusing people. Nicholas is amazing. Pens people, and he is in the old Kent Road, and he's got these garages, and he's converted them. He's got even more energy than me. But yes, we, we're in we're working with all these architectural practices, uh, and we're supported by Reba. We're supported by uh, the great Karakusevich Carson. Um, um, we. Um, uh, Ellis Woodman, who's amazing from the Architectural Foundation, uh, Buttress Architects, who are based up in Manchester. Manchester, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and and Harriet Harris, who's connected to the Pratt Institute, New York, who's supporting the whole of Glamour Global as well. And we're getting students from the Pratt 
from New York to take part in it live. So, and Harriet Harris, she's amazing. If you have never met Professor Harriet Harris, just look at some of the work she's done and the work that she's doing. She is amazing as well. So we've got so many different people from all over the world, plus our own alumni, Francis Long, uh, Rosie Murphy, Georgia Green, and all of these people from everywhere. They just come in and they just muck in and they get the whole uh, uh, whole idea of a community of a family going. And, and they're really, really good. But if you alternatively, link me in, Neil Pind on LinkedIn, just ping me and I'm getting loads of pings at the moment, but I'll try and get back to you within the next couple of days and say to you, welcome to Homegrown Plus, which is what we're all about. Homegrown grew out of all of my students, they're homegrown. So they're mm. scattered everywhere. Even in Dubai. Jason in Dubai, if you're listening, big up, right? And uh, <laughs> we, uh, so they're homegrown. And then the pluses are all the ones that they bring to me that we connect to other people. So that is the idea of Homegrown Plus. And my other initiative, Celebrating Architecture, is which I um, do with, uh, uh, with a, uh, another architect called Venetia Wolfenden. And it's to infuse young people from the ages of five up to about 13, 14. So mm. we've got that. And plus I'm a, a, a trustee of TET, Thornton's Educational Trust, which Oof. is, uh, and I've got to give some big ups to a couple of people I work with. That is to, that's a ceremony that we're going to be doing, an award ceremony that we're going to be doing in September to reward people who infuse other people to get into architecture. So if you know of anybody, we're going to post it, TET, uh, uh, we'll be doing that, and that ceremony will be in uh, September. And then there is Let's Build, which I'm the vice chair of. So Let's Build basically is run by, coordinated by Annette Fisher, and it's about empowering women. And they want to be the first sort of uh, organization in England to get a women's total bill from the ground all the way up, which is really, really good. And they've got, uh, we've got a uh, uh, Let's Build this Thursday at seven o'clock. So if you type in Let's Build, you can link into that. And in Kenya, which is another initiative run by Leighton Reed, and it's got a fantastic um, uh, um, idea, ideology behind it, where it's, it's got mentoring schemes as well. And, and Leighton, uh, he's, he's professor at West of London, I think, if I'm correct. So he's really good. And then last of all, Blueprint for All which is formerly the Stephen Lawrence Trust, which I've been a trustee of for years, uh, which infuses young people, again, from non-traditional, traditional backgrounds, and it gives them bursaries, it supports them. And it, there's a, if you go on the website, you can see all, everything that they do. But they're just some of the initiatives that I've, I immerse myself in, so that it's a 360 of engaging with people who want to engage with us, number one, and who want to become creative. Because don't forget, when you become an architect, you don't have to be an architect. You can do anything else because they're transferable skills that you learn. It's not just an architect, full stop. You're learning all of the multidisciplinary transferable skills that you'll ever want to orientate yourself around the creative field or other things in life you may, might 
find yourself moving on to anthropology, etc., etc. Oh, and that reminded me, um, Naomi Paymel, uh, who's in Bolivia, absolutely fantastic person. And you're talking about education. She it looks at quantum education. Have a look at that. So good. Amazing. Well, that's awesome. I think we've got to give you a round of applause there for all you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so much, so much exciting stuff going on. I tried frantically typing a banner while you're talking about <laughs> but I couldn't keep up and I was too engaged and I thought, you know what, it's got a typo in it and everything, but 17th, 18th of July, everyone needs to keep those dates in the diary. So what I was thinking is like, that's a really nice segue. Maybe what we'll do now, guys, because we're popping up to the 44 minute mark. Uh, what could be coolest? Because I love that video at the start. Maybe what we'll do, because I can see a lot of people have joined us since, is that we'll play out the video that we had at the start. So unless there's anything else you want to particularly mention, maybe what we'll do is we'll play that video out so that any everyone can enjoy it again and end the live stream. But before we do that, Neil, do you have any kind of final thoughts uh, at all? Um, yeah, listen to you, Stephen, because <laughs> you're, you're full of energy. And, and when I met you on your clubhouse, I thought you were crazy. And nothing's changed, but it's yeah, good to have. Crazy. Yeah, it's good to have energy, and not 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 the usual box picking person in the room. And you people like yourself only add vitality, life, passion to what usually is perceived well. as quite. A, I really appreciate that. They listen to this though. Will here is a survivor. Do you know what he's a survivor of? A traumatic what? and life rewarding experience. I was his boss. <laughs> oh. so he had to oh, have me God. in the office all the time. So what did I do? Hopefully I inspired you as well, Will. But I used to, I have once or twice sellotaped your screens together, didn't I? So no one's there doing that to you now. <laughs> so you get a lot of peace and quiet. Has your productivity gone up like 200% since I've left? Absolutely. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's running the department now, Neil. So in one way, but we had, we had some good times as well, didn't we? Huh? Stephen, I think I think Will deserves the biggest round of applause. Yeah, well, you're a survivor. <laughs> you are. I, I wish I could do double ones for that. So this probably summarizes Will's experience as me as a boss. Oh! Here, Steve comes again. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it wasn't bad at all. It was, uh, yeah, you you inspired me, and I I think oh. as well like you've you know your energy and everything is just like infectious. It's infectious for everyone. Anyone that has energy is infectious generally. I think and I think you need that in life and everything else. That's really sweet. Well, like well, well, me and we'll work together because you need someone to balance you out, Neil. When you got this energy here, so years ago I called a secret online live. I shouldn't probably say this, but I did one of them psychometric tests, and they were like, "You are char charismatic, you've got great ideas, but you're incredibly unstable." <laughs> so I need someone to balance me. So, what was the word? It was. It was. Um, disorganized <laughs> and that is that is true i always double book things and i have to work really hard on being organized but you gotta know your strengths and you gotta know your weaknesses in life and you can embrace weaknesses and they can be a positive and i always say that my attention span is really short and actually that goes two ways because then if, if something if something grabs my attention normally that means that wow you know so i really try hard to listen to everything but if i naturally i'm engaged with something then i think that 
that's a really good barometer when someone's doing something really well, they're presenting really well and all this stuff. Will will attest to my short attention in the office, isn't it? Will you tell me something? And he'd be like, Steve, are you listening? I was like, yeah. No, I've worked, I've worked out now when you're not listening. I can tell when you're not listening. And then, what do I do? Know. I just go, mm, yeah, okay. Maybe. Yeah, you don't, you, don't, you don't seem very responsive. And I'm just like, yeah, he's not listening. <laughs> See, he knows, but we're all learning. And look, look, this yeah. has been amazing. Yeah. Can I can I just say one other thing? Please. Said, um, the great Narinda Sagu, who basically is, works for Foster's, well, is Foster's drawer. He said, wow. um, one thing, always surround yourself with more intelligent people than yourself, because then it makes you look intelligent, half intelligent. So that's what I try to do, immerse myself with loads of people more intelligent than me, and there's somewhere in between you can camouflage yourself. But the last thing is, I would say is Gucci, Louis Vuitton, join us. Don't be afraid. Diversity is good. Oh, mate, they should do. If Gucci's listening to my podcast, then I'm going to have a different... I'm going to be in a luxurious position next year. But hopefully this message gets out of that. But in the meantime, Autodesk, if you're listening, I am more than open for sponsorships, as is Global. But in the short time, in the, in the meantime until we're there, Glam goes global i did get this you put this in the diary put the 17th and 18th the 17th of 18th that's just me but if you 17 if you keep that weekend open and for anyone listening drop neil a message so and now and then we're on clubhouse there is the football this week but neil is around and he will answer your messages on linkedin and ask about this stuff and if anyone's got any ideas send them over if anyone wants to get involved do it as well. Neil is also on the Architecture Social, so anyone can contact him there. But LinkedIn, we are all there. You have seen this live stream as well, so do get in contact with Neil. Neil, you're an absolute legend of um, of a guest, and I think that you. you should you 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 definitely have the makings of a natural presenter. So if if I get hit by a bus, there's a job for you on the social. <laughs> Thank you so much. And on that note, we I think, how about it? We play the video again, just for anyone that joined us. And then after yeah. that, what I'll do when the video ends, I'll end the live stream. Well, I know you're busy as well, but you can shoot off during the video if you want. You have my blessing, or you can stick around for a chat after. Neil and Will, stick around if you want to chat after the video, but I will end the cool. live stream there. And anyone in the audience, get in touch. 